So welcome to all uh, to this new episode of our 154 forum entitled uh, Crafting Worlds for a Vernacular Economy of Art. I'm very happy to present the conversation of today, Resounding Waves, which will bring us to explore the formation of sonic solidarities across different regions and liberation struggles carried out by and through the infrastructure of radio, as well as by sounds, acoustics and acousmatics moving from Algeria to Palestine, but also resonating beyond. I'm even more happy to welcome and present the speakers or maybe the DJs of today's talk uh, and the respective research itineraries as they will guide us uh, in the sonic reflections and in the personal journey, journeys that they're undergoing in the process of building, unfolding and channeling uh, their sound archives. So welcome to uh, Yasmina Regad, who is an independent curator, writer, researcher and performance artist that is currently living in Brussels. Yasmina holds a, a master in medieval history at the, from the Sorbonne. She's also the curator of ARIA, uh, artist residency in Algiers, uh, which she co-founded. And she's the co-curator of the French Pavilion at the 59th uh, Venice Biennial, uh, represented by artists in Absidira. Her research and projects focus on the politics of futurity, investigating alternative systems of knowledge and artistic uh, modes of productions and exploring performative methodologies inspired by dance and performance notations. Among other projects since uh, 2016, Yasmina has started a long-term uh, research uh, called uh, We Dreamt of Utopia and We Woke Up Screaming uh, that takes as a starting point the radio shows of the liberation movements based in Algeria in the 60s and 70s, uh, in a time where the Algerian capital hosted uh, national liberation movements, political exiles, disillusioned Westerners and militants, and I'm quoting Yasmina's text here, um, who were forging other possible futures. So thanks Yasmina for accepting the invitation and for sharing some of your exceptional archives with us tonight. Um, and also thanks to Rachel Deadman, our second new creature uh, for joining tonight. Uh, Rachel is a curator, writer, uh, writer and art historian based in London. Her work examines the material and political uh, lives of things and seeks to, uh, seeks to challenge uh, established narratives around uh, cultural production in the Middle East. She's currently curator of contemporary art uh, from the Middle East at the V&A in London, uh, where she's curating the Jamil Prize Poetry uh, to Politics in 2021. Uh, but for several years before, Rachel was an independent curator based in Beirut, Lebanon and Ramallah, Palestine, where she has curated many exhibitions and projects uh, with Ashkar Alwan, Beirut Art Center, the Palestinian Museum, among others. Uh, she's also uh, the co-founder of Radio Earth Hold, uh, an interdisciplinary research collective uh, that she founded together with Lord Deselis and Arjuna uh, Neumann. And through this project that she will uh, discuss more tonight, uh, they explore the potential uh, for planetary forms of solidarity channeled uh, through sound, radio and the elemental. Uh, some of the broadcasts are currently available actually on the contemporary journal edited by Nottingham Contemporary, so I definitely invite you and suggest to listen to them. 
so now, ladies, I mute myself and the mic is uh, yours. So enjoy the listening. Thank you, Francesca, for the nice and kind introduction. And thank you to Francesca Le 18 and Laila Hida for the invitation. Absolutely. Thank you both. Yes, Nina, do you want to kick us off? We're going to yes, so sort of listening. So all, just before we start, uh, I'm super excited to be a co-host of this uh, program with uh, my dream partner <laughs> and co-host uh, Rachel. And uh, so also we thought that uh, tonight, as we have been speaking a lot lately, I mean, about the research, there's something that we rarely speak about um, is uh, these are the anecdotes that or accidents or detours that we've been taking uh, during the process of this long-term research and that we would like to share with you. And most of it on my end is a kind of a new material uh, that I wanted uh, to share uh, tonight. And, um, but the first one is, some, is one uh, from um, Salabadis, is a recording that he left on the phone for me that was used for actually a, a project that um, Francesca and Le 18 and Laila were involved in. I will put, uh, we will leave the credits actually in comments ourselves while we are doing it. So let's do it. And already doesn't work. <laughs> okay. Harley Jonah is archive. Yes, Mina can't attend. And I couldn't have allergy. بعث لي ايميل فرحانه وكذا قالت لي فوالا لحقونا بصح لحقوناش بزاف عطاونا دو سيدي برك فيهم على فلسطين الصحراء الغربيه والبرتغال وليزيل دو كاناري هايا بيان لينا نخدمو وسي بارطاجي لو طرافاي هي دات البرتغاليه وليزيل دو كاناري وانا ديت تاع العربيه الصحراء الغربيه وفلسطين بعدا شفت بلي ما كانش فلسطين بزاف كانوا غير شويه وكاين بزاف على الصحراء الغربيه بعد من بعد سي درت الكونترون دو تاعي قلت لها فوالا ها واش كاين ها واش كاين هي ما فهمتش فهمت بلي كاين فلسطين والصحراء الغربيه لزوج بزاف ما فهمتش بلي كاين واحد شويه خدمنا كان جو روحنا نخدموا عليهم من بعد كي جات لي الالجي بدينا نخدموا كيف كيف وبدات تعلق في لي بوستيت تاع هذوك الغوز في الحيط بديت نفهم فيها ها واش كاين ها واش كاين ها كاين هنا هنا كاين دي شونسون هنا كاين كذا هنا يقولوا كذا هنا منا لي دار تاع 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 لي سون واش كاين تواريخ من بعد كانت تقول لي بصح علاش راك تحكي غير على الصحراء قلت لها باسكو ما كانش فلسطين بزاف قلت لي كيفاش ما كانش بزاف وريت لها قلت لها واش كاين واش كاين واش كاين تعيط قالت لي كيفاش وكذا ما فهمتش باللي باللي في الديبي كي شرحت لها انايا ما فهمتش باللي بلي فلسطين ما كاش بزاف ما قالت لي وانا يا عندي 15 يوم وانا نقول فلسطين فلسطين سيرتو كيما ليامات هادو كانوا لي زيمون 
Can you tell us, Yasmina, about what this, why this clip is important to you, what it meant? I know it was kind of the starting point for this. You're muted. Hold on. I was, I was about to ask what you would understand from there because you speak Arabic. So it's a bit like ironic that uh, I do not speak Arabic. I understand 30% of this uh, speech uh, and 30 other percent I understand because it's in French and the rest is in Algerian Darija. But you, do you, what do you understand? To be honest, only snippets, because it's a dialect I really don't know. I'm not familiar with at all. So exactly as you say, there's like moments where I get the Arabic, moments where I get the French, but what it really means, I couldn't tell you. So, yeah. so maybe this our, is... <laughs> our audience can enlighten us more, but tell me what it means to you. So for a long time, when I, when I used this, uh, I, find, I, I, I felt I, I understood this, uh, I didn't need to understand the whole of it. And uh, is uh, Badis explaining back in 2017 uh, when uh, I received the 27 files two weeks before I would go uh, radio archive from the national uh, Algerian national radio archive. They had given me 27 uh, uh, digital files and um, and. And I remember the, the producer, uh, Malika Laishu-Roman, I was working with uh, in Algiers. Uh, she's the one who collected these two CDs. And, uh, uh, and so she sent me the, the files and, and she was reading on one of the CV. I think she's more Francophone than uh, Arabophone. And so uh, she said to me that they were uh, the voice of Palestine. And I was so excited. And Badis, Salah Badis, who's a journalist, poet, writer, um, and translator, was a collaborator, and he, uh, we worked together, and he would take care of, uh, of the Arabic language uh, that I wouldn't understand. And I was so excited that there would be uh, so much about the voice of Palestine. And in this recording, actually, I knew you can hear that he changes his voice, that uh, it's me, I was moaning because... Uh, I discovered when I, while, when I was there that actually there were more there were not that much about uh, a, a, the voice of Palestine that is with uh, um, the voice of Free Sahara about the Western Sahara was the longest run broadcast from Algiers uh, um, broadcasting from Algiers and uh, early 70s started. Uh, the voice of Palestine and uh, the voice of Free Sahara in 75. Uh, and the voice of Free Sahara is still uh, ongoing, I think. Maybe. So this and is part of your search to get into the radio archives, right? And to uh, no, I had, I had it. I received the file, actually. At this point, I had received the files. And he explains how uh, disappointed I was. I was in Algiers with, with him and... I was speaking only about, I wanted to know what's in there, in the Arabic uh, part, uh, um, the, the one that was uh, the recordings that were in Arabic that I couldn't have access to. And uh, uh, because it was, uh, the, the, the files, the, the folder would be uh, named on the Palestinian cause and the Western Sahara question. But actually, it was all about the Western Sahara, and and it was, and I often called like the the Western Sahara like uh, the Palestine of Africa. So it was very ironic that 
they also already they were calling <laughs> they they uh, linked the two um, uh, um, the two issues uh, uh, on the same folder, whereas there were absolutely no no, no recording of the voice of Palestine. So he, he, he laughs a bit at me, putting my post-it on the, like starting to work. And I work a lot with post-it to map things, but because obviously when you don't have much, you have to look around what, uh, uh, to take detours, uh, to uh, look for where uh, you can find traces of this, uh, this recording. And, and so, and it was a time in uh, 2017, I think there were probably discussion about the embassy of uh, uh, the, the United States. Um, yes, and so, and it was like, uh, and at the end he said that, and he said, uh, he says that, uh, of course, and at the moment there were uh, problems with Al-Quds, with the, the question of Jerusalem, and, uh, and he said she was choked, choked. <laughs> it ends like, uh, yes, they used choked, so, and, and the only time, the first time I, I decided I would finally understand what he was saying, it's uh, Mustafa, the writer, uh, journalist and writer, Mustafa Ben Fodil. We were together in Berlin and I was due to per perform. And I decided, I said, okay, Mustafa, now you have to tell me because I'm, I'm going to play once again this, uh, this uh, recording and, uh, and I need to know what's in there because everybody laughs in the audience when they... I laugh as well, but everyone's laughing and I'm like, okay, maybe there's something wrong. I'm laughing at you. <laughs> yeah, he's laughing at me. That's what I understood. And I like that, that uh, mm -hmm. he, he, he laughed at this, that obsession around uh, the question of uh, Palestine. I wanted, I so wanted, uh, I was hoping to have uh, recordings of the voice of Palestine. And, and so... And of course, for him, he's from another generation. He, he was at the, uh, he was 25 years old. I mean, uh, and so he has another views like uh, Algeria from uh, for uh, uh, since the independence. It was very um, had an given unconditional uh, support to Palestine, and obviously, his generation sees it differently. So, so he sees me someone coming from elsewhere, a uh, French of a Nigerian background, uh, uh, having this inherited this uh, obsession and this unconditional support uh, uh, and solidarity with uh, Palestine. So probably I think this, um, uh, for me, this, uh, the, this recording has this texture of that, a bit of a generation uh, um, misunderstanding. I like that. I think this um, this question of well, generations is is one thing, and um, so maybe I think the the absence or the inability to access archives, because I know for you it was an enormous administrative struggle to even get those few tracks, those couple of CDs, and to get into the archives is something that is a, a kind of common theme when exploring radio, maybe because. The part of the beauty of it is that you have to listen at the time or you really don't hear it and archives are fragile and um, not always maintained as part of Radio Earthhold. 
Arjuna and Laura and I invited uh, the Palestinian artist Inas Halabi to, to create a broadcast um, and she was looking at the events of Black September and the use of radio and in the formation of musical traditions and her struggle to access those archives was also very long and, and convoluted and, and complicated. So I think there's a feeling that in constructing histories of radio, one is always looking or hunting a little bit in the negative space. And I had an entry into it that was actually for something totally immaterial, quite a material beginning, uh, because I was in Palestine working on a show for the Palestinian Museum, uh, which was on dress and embroidery. And we found this, that this pouch, at, uh, at the home of a collector, Maha Abu Shoshe, that was embroidered and really beautiful. And we wanted to include it in this section about men and their relationship to embroidered objects. And the pouch sort of had these holes in very specific places. It felt like it was a tool that's been made, has a particular purpose, but I really couldn't work out what it was for. And she told us it was to carry a transistor radio in the field for a shepherd or someone who was tending their flock or was outside working in agriculture. It's beautifully decorated and he could carry it with him. And I found these really amazing images in the Library of Congress, which is a fantastic archive of Palestinian imagery, obviously a, a colonial one based in the US of these masks, these amazing radio masks in Ramallah. Um, and that's how the project somehow unfolded, but really through through images actually more than through sound. There are sonic objects, sonic traces of these early recordings on, on the radio, but actually more of it is kind of coming from these other archival sources. Um, and yeah, for, for us that, or I think the important thing to stress about that first chapter in the life of radio in Palestine is how much it is this colonial instrument, right? We talk about the golden age of radio in the 1930s. What we're really talking about is the golden age of state-run, state-sanctioned radio. Um, because in Palestine, the Palestine Broadcasting Service was very much an extension of, uh, of the BBC and headed up by British people and intended to educate or entertain the well-to-do in Palestine, whether they're Jewish immigrants or, or Arab intellectuals, and to sort of civilize uh, um, an Arab peasant population, the people holding the little transistor in the fields. So there's this totally colonial um, attitude to what it's doing, and it's really there as an extension of colonial control, um, in part to stop people from listening to the anti-British sentiment of the Italians. So this sort of, uh, these histories were kind of the top layer and then everything more subtle or underground, amateur radios, um, radio is resistance, was also something that kind of exists in the shadows and where we have very little material really, um, but can kind of reconstruct some of those stories through other things, other other snippets of songs, or people's memories. Um, I don't know if I should play something now that you're muted, yes, Mina. Sorry, uh, just to mention, I will put the credit because what you're talking about is also um, uh, France Fanon in uh, uh, Sociology of a Revolution dedicates exactly a chapter to the voice of uh, Algeria and explain the uh, colonial impact uh, of, uh, 
of the uh, radio in Algeria. And I think that is interesting for uh, our audience to know about that and how also uh, it's an instrument of propaganda, uh, but also how the voice of Algeria, the revolutionary radio uh, in exile uh, uh, took over uh, the power uh, on propaganda thanks to radio and it helped um, uh, win the war of uh, independence. It was supporting this and also the solidarity and create a craft or manufacture solidarity from the people, uh, the Algerian people on the Algerian territory with the revolution that was uh, uh, in Tunisia, uh, the, go the provisionary government in Tunisia. And uh, I think it was, also, um, I mean, after, uh, um, thereafter in, uh, in Palestine, it was of a, a great influence also uh, mm -hmm. uh, to have all these uh, voices of Palestine, of this all this network of radios uh, throughout uh, the Middle East and North Africa. So I let you play, and I will put the, the credit of this uh, of the of the this. Uh, well, speaking of, um, I'd like to hear more or hear you speak more about how um, radio helped the rev advance the revolution in Algeria. Because um, what I can play now is this song that um, my friend and colleague at the Palestinian Museum, Yara Abbas, sent to me um, a long time ago now, that she'd, she'd been talking to her dad and her uncle and asking them about their memories of, of the use of radio and um, talking about sort of the coded messages that were sent among Palestinians and, and the resistance, um, particularly in the 1970s. So when the PLO had been founded in 1964 and was using the radio to spread messages. And this was the song that um, preceded the sort of coming of a coded message. called the glory to the revolution and it's this sort of I can imagine it being a kind of oral marker when you're listening to the radio um, and then after this would come some sort of coded message she was, Yara was so telling me. Uh, how is it this uh, I'm very curious about uh, uh, this uh, you mentioned this coded message like what what is it is it in the rhythm is it is is it uh, spoken uh, it would be spoken as far as, I mean, what do I know? But what Yara told me, oh, sorry, the caption came out weird because of the Arabic, um, but it's in the chat. Um, Yara told me that it would be things like, um, don't plant shepherds, don't plant your 
thing your crops now or don't harvest now will tell you when to harvest will come back to you um, but th there's actually one more thing i can play that makes fun of this specifically this idea of kind of coded messages and the use of radio by uh, the resistance and the plo um that addresses in a way how yeah how for a particular audience this was um and kind of making fun of it shall i play this now quickly yes So how was the, so I, I understood radio transistor. <laughs> so this is a, this is a singer called Abdullah Haddad, who's performing at some sort of congregation of the members of the PLO, maybe an anniversary of the revolution in Yemen in 1983. And you see Yasser Arafat front row, um, absolutely laughing his head off. But essentially what he says in the song is, um, beginning kind of my land my people i'm um kind of a true arab and palestinian and um i refuse to be sort of humiliated in my land and my body and i heard on the transistor um these messages i didn't understand i don't know i couldn't tell if they were sort of leaders or spies or someone kind of covering up the truth and i went um and sort of someone explained to him that these are tactics like tactics and strategy but also the the kind of this funny sound was the tactic the sound of the radio kind of buzzing its frequency so there's a, a sort of and then at the end he's kind of like um i'm going to go back to the shepherds and you know i one day i hope i can hear something just the quran and something out of um out of this like with no more tactics basically so th there's a sort of and Abu Ahmad Yasarafat is like laughing his head off, finding this absolutely hilarious. So there's a poking fun at this notion that um, Palestinian leaders used uh, the radio and its tactics sort of um, in a fundamental way as part of the revolution. But I think for me, it, it tells me that this was genuinely part of that subterfuge and process and this kind of underground use of the sonic um, and clandestine radio has this long history and it's far better 
acknowledged and written when it comes to Zionist clandestine stations earlier on in the 40s. You have the, the Haganah and Irgun having these clandestine stations that the British would try and block. And there isn't much history written about Palestinian ones, but we know that radio was being used as a tool, perhaps even to galvanize Arabs during the Peasant Revolt of 1936 to 39. You know, there were all these ways in which radio, I think, continues to be a tool of resistance in modes that are um, yeah. powerful. Isn't it, yeah, it's very, um, uh, it's, it's funny because to call it a clandestine radio, because throughout the research, when, as I wasn't uh, able to, to get a um, sound archive, uh, of the uh, I work between sixties uh, and seven over sixteen and seventies two decades. I, I thought about where could I I mean who were the listeners who could they be and so I thought okay if I don't get from the I don't get uh, archive from the source and the recording from the RTA the Radio Television Algerienne that was broadcasting from the national. Uh, uh, um, Algerian radio so already saying clandestine it's from a certain point of view because it was very much official that all these uh, uh, radios broadcasting from exile uh, the exile were <laughs> broadcasting from a super powerful and uh, modern at the time uh, equipment to the world so um, and so I thought, okay, because I, I, I was trained as a historian, I know that the best archive ever is the army. It's always the army. For everything we want is the army. So it's difficult to have access to, to those. But for sure, all the, the army was uh, listening to, um, uh, to this broadcast. And another one that I knew is the uh, BBC and the, the uh, BBC uh, Monitoring Center, and also uh, the um, FBIS is the Foreign Broadcast, uh, uh, I don't remember, yes. Anyway, it's the archive, I mean, the, the years of the CIA. And they were working together, it's a monitoring center working together uh, uh, with the BBC Monitoring Center, and they were even sharing a building in the, in the UK, actually. And so as a uh, historian, I, I know that these are amazing sources uh, for uh, uh, the, I mean, since uh, I think they started in the 30s or, or from the 30s onward. And of course, uh, in the 60s and 70s, they were heavily uh, listening to the Middle East. And uh, so it's funny to see that for everything I found, um, it, they call it clandestine radio, but we can find, I mean, it's a, they call it clandestine radio where, and, and they know it's broadcasting from Algiers. They yeah, know wherever. You know, you know. So, so I found that. I, I went to Portugal also. In Algeria, we had the uh, broadcasting from the, um, the RTA, the, the national radio. There were the Portuguese with the Avos da Liberdade, the Canary Island, La Voz de Canarias Libre, uh, the uh, Chilean, La Voz de la Resistencia Chilena, the Voice of Palestine, and the Voice of Free Sahara. Uh, did I miss anything? So they were, um, and they were broadcasting to their own country. So the, the, what you, the, this 
secret messages or these, uh, sometimes they were very obvious. The Portuguese, for example, were speaking directly to the audience. They were receiving letters as well from the audience. And uh, um, so, and they would know, they would ask uh, in, the, in the broadcast, they would actually ask them, please send us letter. They would give the address <laughs> of the, where they would live in Algiers. And, uh, and, and say, please tell us if you can hear us. But and so, yeah, can you hear us? That's yes, amazing. and they were, after I will uh, put a, um, a nice uh, coded uh, um, messages from the, the La Voz de Canarias Libre, from the Canary Island, that is the most obscure and poetic messages to the militant in the Canary Island. But also, it leads us to speak about also this, uh, what, uh, to go back to Fanon and what he tells about uh, the radio, the revolution, the Algerian revolution radio, he already says that uh, there were interferences, uh, that the, the, the French uh, uh, military were um, uh, finding the frequency, so uh, the, the Algeria, the Algerian uh, revolutionary, uh, revolutionary radio was mobile at some point. It was, uh, so it was switching uh, between frequencies. Yes, and, and yes, how it, did people know where to tune in? Is there so a way they were telling. They were. Uh, I think they were distri distributing. They were. Uh, I know that they were distributing leaflets, and also it's. Uh, I mean. There were people co probably coming and going. I have uh, I have no clue how they would. Uh, uh, no, I know after for other countries, uh, broadcasting. I mean, other uh, militants from uh, from other countries that they were using leaflet. They were reproducing what uh, in the, the revolutionary uh, the voice of Algeria say uh, the free the voice of free Algeria. It was a. Um, they were convinced that it was a, um, a good, in, a perfect instrument from the for the the struggle, and so so it was a, a mobile at some point, and but also after they were they had a, um, a transmitter from Tunisia, so it was a, a, always the same frequency, and and um, I found a document saying from the the FBIS, I mean the archive of the CIA, saying that. Uh, uh, there were this clandestine radio, Algerian radio, revolutionary radio, and all of a sudden it got there were another transmitter interfering with playing Arabic music. So it was the French army playing Arabic music to cover the voice of the, the revolution. And then um, also I discovered a, a document I was in, a, in Portugal in the National Archive. And I had access to the uh, PD, the, the, the dictatorial uh, uh, um, police. Uh, they had a whole system listening to Avoz da Liberdad from Algiers that was broadcasting for 10 years. It was the most amazing archive. I mean, it's like every uh, single um, broadcast was transcribed. And there were also, I found also a report on how to interfere with the, the frequencies. And, um, and they were capable so to even to know what kind of transmitter was using. That is a, 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 
that is a mystery for me how they could know, but uh, they could uh, know also from the, the Portuguese, the, uh, the former colonies in Africa, that they would be capable of saying the, uh, um, telling, um, um, giving details about the equipment that was used to broadcast. And so uh, this document shows how much the percentage of interferences they were capable of uh, producing and uh, in uh, each city. And so it's, uh, it, it was uh, really uh, interesting to see how easy it was even in the, in the 60s to uh, block all these uh, uh, airwaves, to block the airwaves. In the Canary Islands, they were say, telling me, I met people there uh, in, La, in uh, La, La, Las Palmas de Gran Canaria, uh, they were saying that they would go up on the Guardia Civil, the Spanish uh, Frankist uh, police, would also produce interferences there, and they would go up on a hill on a mountain <laughs> with, <laughs> with an antenna, and they would, they would record it. So they were circulating cassettes of, uh, of, of the broadcast. In, in uh, Portugal, the same. I found a, a person... Uh, um, a person who had like a, who was recording and they were sharing and sitting together and listening. And if you read back to Fanon in the late 50s, uh, uh, he describes how Algerians were gathering yeah. together to listen to uh, uh, the broadcast or to try to hear it or to imagine they would hear it. They were uh, hearing, listening to it. It was, uh, um, they would do the same in the 70s in, uh, in Las Palmas or in Tenerife uh, uh, to uh, share the, the broadcast from, uh, uh, from, um, uh, from Algiers. So I will, uh, I will just play this uh, funny, uh, uh, the messages from um, uh, La Voz de Canarias Libre. And uh, it is, there's some words that are in Guanche, which is the, uh, original uh, language uh, that originated in, uh, into, uh, from a uh, Tamazig language. Uh, so, and they use this, uh, these words. Oxat y Mahal. Atención, mensaje. Oxat y Mahal. Atención, mensaje. Uxat Taidía. Grupo Taidía será contactado mañana a partir de las nueve. Tiene que esperar en su casa visita del compañero. Ajud. Uxat Romén. Envíen todos los detalles respecto a la empresa española Avengoa y los manejos que se tienen con el Cabildo y el Ayuntamiento de Las Palmas, así 
como lo referente a los compañeros trabajadores despedidos. Uxat Tenique, entérate bien de lo que pasó anoche en la casa sindical de Las Palmas y la pelea que tuvieron ante los obreros, los dirigentes del partido carrillista y esos del PUC, que se tiraron de la greña. Entérate también repercusiones nuestras últimas emisiones. Azul. Uxat Grupo Faina. Sigan de cerca el próximo juicio del lunes respecto a los compañeros so, de la guagua. He's speaking to, to different groups, militant groups, and uh, uh, he tells the name probably of the neighborhood or the or and he tells them, uh, uh, we received your message or uh, check on the, um, the um, trial that is happening there. And uh, so it's, uh, um, so they, they uh, give instruction. And uh, I, I met with uh, one of the, the, I mean, the Francisco Falero, uh, I met with him in Las Palmas and uh, I listened to his voice and I researched him, like I called all the, uh, uh, yeah, I called everywhere, you know, where he could be. And, uh, and so I found him and he listened to his voice for the first time. I mean, he was about like probably 75 when I met him uh, back in 2019. And, uh, and so, uh, and so it was funny that he didn't, he didn't remember what this all mean. It was a really a, a, a yeah, it was a very uh, nice moment to, to have him listening to and discovering. I said, oh, I have this uh, recording. I had four. And I'm like, I'm sure it's you. It's your voice. I'm sure it's your voice. You have to confirm it's you. And so, and he wasn't capable of explaining uh, what he was saying, but he told me that they had a telephone, like uh, the Algerian government provided a, a landline. And so Antonio Cubillo, the head of this, uh, the, the movement, the independentist movement based in Algiers, was also calling, <laughs> not only the radio, using the radio to uh, communicate with uh, the base in, uh, in the Canary Island, but he was also uh, using a lot of the telephone. I think there's, um, there's something very common about this use of the radio as a sort of public service for these very personal moments, especially after um, the Nakba of 1948, the decentralization of Palestinian radio and the, the, the occupation forcibly dividing families, that the, the radio would be used to absolutely do the same thing. Congratulations to you on the ex on the birth of the baby. Uh, y says she tried to cross the border, but she got turned away at the bridge. Da, 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 da. So these sort of messages passing through, I think for, for those stuck in uh, Israeli prisons, this is something really useful for the outside. And I think there's a, in thinking about interference more broadly, it like, it strikes at this sort of, um, this inherent tension in radio that I really love about it, which is that on the one hand, as you say, you can kind of, it's mad to think you can interfere with an entire frequency. You can cover, you can play music so loudly to literally try and cover something over or drown it in static. And if you look at these maps of radio 
coverage, they rendered so totally arbitrary the notion of colonial borders or nation states at all because they are radio waves follow the topography of the earth of course and the reach around certain kind of natural landscape elements so where something can travel to in terms of sound is so much greater than the actual border of, of the earth itself there's this inherent transnationality in how they cross over and this meeting in 1933 in lucerne where um, I think it was called like the European Broadcasting Union or something got together and gave all these colonial powers different frequencies is something that you still see today in lots of these places. But so on the one hand, you have this kind of planetary scale for Radio Earthholds. This is something that interests us a lot. This feeling that that radio is this kind of planetary uh, phenomenon. It's more than natural, it's pre-organic, it's, it's waves, it's light, it's physics, it's oscillation. Any of us can use radio to listen to the uh, out, to outer space, you know, radio. You can listen to the very first star that uh, gave birth to the universe. Exactly. You can find the signal with the radio. That's it. It's this... <laughs> with an antenna. <laughs> incredible pre-natural thing that is the planet is bigger than the planet and yet there's something so deeply intimate about listening in com in sort of a communal moment with other people um and raya badran who if you don't isn't i don't know if you know her but if you don't you absolutely should and should be in conversation with her through this project because she writes about somehow this the the intimacy even of radio today and its resurgence during the pandemic online in palestine and across the middle east the the intimacy of listening collectively at the same moment whether it's a sort of fireside chat of franklin roosevelt or a group of people in algeria gathering in their friend's house to listen to the news the, the the sort of yeah the direct intimacy and com commoning somehow that goes on in that listening um is i think also where it's kind of beguiling the beguiling nature of radio somehow and it's funny like, that uh it was uh, promised to be uh, to a um to bring individualism and uh, i mean uh, sartre said it, Adorno as well, the school of uh, Frankfurt was uh, 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 telling us, prom promising us that, like TV as well, that it would be an individual uh, um, and passive act. And, uh, and so that is, uh, and, and now I see, uh, I mean, what we are living right now, what you described that the, the, the that uh, the radio is back, whatever format it is, it creates, yes, this commonality and uh, uh, it does work. What Fanon said, actually, of, uh, uh, of uh, uh, being broadcasters and, uh, and uh, transmitters at the time and, uh, and, uh, and creating, uh, um, yes, yeah, some, uh, some, as a political, becoming kind of a lessening as a political act and, uh, an act of solidarity with the voice 100 percent, and so that you are not and and even if you are alone we are like now we look at the attendees you know <laughs> we know they they are here uh, uh, listening and we are channeling something yes it's uh 
yes, it's we'll see. I mean, there is the the question of the image, what you are showing, what's interesting, what we are listening. Actually, there there are videos. Most of your files, yes, the one you you just uh, played, there are a. Yes, there are there are videos, and how much if we listen like carefully and deeply, we can imagine. I mean, we we are there, even though I don't understand the language. Or, or this is something I use a lot in the performance. That uh, the last one at some point, I, I mean, I, I performed for for the radio, and the the performance is called La Radio des Images qui s'écoute, uh, the radio of images that you uh, listen to. I could say. And, and so, and I, I invited a, uh, an AI, <laughs> a synthetic voice that was doing the stage. She's called Didascali. Didascali in, in French, it sounds like a nice name, girl's name, but it is the stage direction, is how we call stage directions. And she was doing the stage direction. And at some point, and also uh, the, the, um, uh, the dubbing. So she was translating all these languages, uh, all these voices in foreign languages that were not in French. And at some point, you know, I removed, I, I just picked some words from the text. Like I, I thought that at some point your ear is just tuned, attuned to the, the voices or the, the, the foreign voices and that you don't need slowly, you don't need to, to uh, understand anymore, you understand so, somehow. And, um, and so at first, yes, she was translating everything. She was dubbing. And at some point, only a few words till the end after they wouldn't, I mean, uh, she, wouldn't, uh, uh, um, she wouldn't translate anything because I was trusting that people would get used to it. Your ear is, uh, is there and there were nothing to watch, nothing to see, everything was, uh, out there, I mean, in your ears. And uh, so, so that is, uh, yes, that's why I, we were discussing if we would uh, put your, the video instead of the, and only the sound only. And I thought it was a, a great uh, radio experience as well to forget uh, the images, to have no images. And you, I mean, you, you described them, Arafat. Uh, I mean, it's priceless. Uh, uh, Priceless Arafat. Uh, <laughs> I can <laughs> send everyone the links to the actual <laughs> videos. But it's true. Uh, this uh, Raya addresses specifically, she talks, she has this text um, about playback. And she describes this meeting that Mark Fisher organized years ago, where he played um, something from London under London, this, this project of his, and it really required everyone in a room listening to this track for 50 minutes the whole time. And I mean, nothing revolutionary in its format, maybe, but for him, it was, there's this kind of evasion of the visual or this um, requirement of attention that is so troubled or um, diffracted by the internet and this kind of instantaneity and our constant calls on our attention, that there's something in playback and communal listening that is a kind of reclamation of attention somehow. And I think what Raya connects this to the this resurgence of online radios, 
especially from and in the Middle East, but I think all over the world during the pandemic, this feeling of being at home, but listening in real time simultaneously to others. Mm. And that programming being given over to an audience, a group of people who are broadcasting really from very domestic space, not technically with the formal infrastructure of a radio, but through the internet, but with that kind of um, ephemerality we play it we don't record it it's there Mm. while you listen to it you tune in you tune out whatever um that goes back somehow to the earliest days of radio in palestine a bit for me this feeling that live musicians these whole orchestras these whole (laughs) bands these these oud players would come into the studio and play live on air for the radio there's this yeah link back to that 1930s analog way of doing things that I think is really compelling and that people need maybe in a moment where everyone is locked down or yes it's physically I was wondering like uh, how the I mean there's all this Facebook live I mean now a zoom live how much it is worth to see our face okay we have to to see each other because we tell the sound up or you know but it's um I mean, yeah, I, I was wondering what we would do out, what you would, um, what would come after this year experience of, uh, I mean, it was less, in the end, it's lessening. We don't see much. We see people, you know, it's a craving for social life. I, I, I get it. But in any way, being just the being together, connected to the same channel, the same uh, uh, point of, uh, uh, um, um, transmission uh, it's enough in the end we have to re- maybe we are relearning uh, uh, this um, this moment of uh, yes of uh, listening uh, just listening we are not looking at anything and uh, so maybe I just want to play the little uh, uh, the didascali so you can hear it's in French but it's nice to play it now because it's related to uh, I played a, a moment uh, in uh, uh, one of the bombing in, Labat- in the battle of Algiers. And, uh, and so Didascali actually explains in her words, uh, very basic words, what is happening. Um, Le Mikba, Zora Drif se tient près du jukebox. Des jeunes gens dansent ou sont attablés autour d'un verre. Zora Drift pousse du pied un objet non identifié. Zora Drift quitte le Milk Bar. Actrice, Samia Kerbach. Musique, Rebecca, interprétée par les Chakachas en 1959. Extrait du film « La bataille d'Alger » réalisé par Gio Pontecorvo en 1966. Une coproduction de Casbah Film et Igor Film. So you see, I mean, it's a cinéphile moment. 
the people who watched uh, uh, La, the Battle of Algiers, the film, they know, they know Zohar Driefeld entering the milk bar. And uh, even if you haven't watched it, you know of the story of the bombing of the, 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 the milk bar. So it was very interesting moment to do, uh, to perform live for the radio. It was a radio, there were nothing to watch and to use this uh, voiceover, say, uh, a, describing very basic movement of Zohar Driv, the, the FLN militant uh, who was in this. But there were this uh, cinephile moment that was, uh, a, I don't know how, what would the, be the word for radio feel or, you know, it was a reference to, to, this, uh, uh, to this concept of, uh, of uh, being a good listener the same way as we are a good, a good uh, uh, cinephile or people going to the cinema and missing the cinema simply right now. <laughs> yeah, this idea of the model listener, I think, was kind of emerged is maybe the other half of that, um, the sort of colonial instrument that radio is. It was intended, as you said, either as a tool of propaganda or indeed to keep people away from explicit politicized discourse and rather to remain sort of apparently very neutral or at least kind of mundane and it and to develop its counterpart which is the modern civilized listener who has this technology who tunes in who receives the news and so on and this kind of but the other half or the other side of radio has always been that kind of pirate amateur um hacking of the waves and um and what's the word being a kind of yeah a subversive force i think radio is also inherently subversive flexible um elastic can kind of smuggle itself on these different airways switch from one to another or short wave long wave reach different lengths so there's the these kind of dual tensions are also what i find so yeah what continues to make it exciting it's both and official and yeah and totally not i'm aware we're at seven o'clock um do you have something you want to play okay so i want to, would like you to play there's something that our i mean our both our our research encounter with the voice of palestine right for the absence of voice of Palestine on my end, <laughs> and uh, and so and also because this is part of a future project that I have invited you to be involved in on the voices of Palestine. So I would like to. Uh, so as it was the longest run uh, broadcast in Algeria and terminated in '94, I was very uh, pleased to see that you had uh, you the first. A test transmission from uh, Jericho, uh, Jericho, yes. And uh, so I will respond. I prepared a little present for you. I will, I, I'm able actually to respond to this <laughs> from, Al from Algeria. So, <laughs> well, this... so maybe you can play so we can terminate this uh, broadcast with the, uh, the birth uh, of. Sure. Uh, of, I mean, uh, this is. The kind of the other way into the project for me was really thinking about how these legacies of radio from the 30s to the, the 40s and 50s set were kind of the, the paradigm or the 
the foundation for Israel's kind of contemporary architecture of occupation through telecommunications. You know, when I was living in the West Bank in 2018, driving home one day, I saw this celebration outside Wataniya or Joel, this like headquarters for this telecoms company, and they're celebrating 3G arriving in the West Bank for the first time in 2018. Because Israel controls all telecommunications technology, frequencies, wavelengths, and so on today. And these were inscribed by the Oslo Accords in the 90s. So even though Palestine has the right to establish its own independent systems, it doesn't really have control of its frequencies. But in 1994, they set up this first transmission site for radio and television. And for me, there's something super poetic about you know, usually you choose somewhere up high to transmit from because it's better. Um, but they were transmitting from literally the lowest point on Earth, Jericho. So I'll play this. <laughs> We have made it into real transmission. We will be connected. This studio will be connected with the main transmitter in Ramallah, in which the West Bank and Gaza can hear the radio before the 15th. We are trying our best to move from uh, the Jericho area into the other areas of the West Bank concerning DB. I hope that we will be able to cover uh, the West Bank and Gaza within uh, weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Do you have the date? It's 1994. Yeah, but you don't know the date of uh, exact date. Oh, I it's think it's August. I think it's, no, I think it's uh, January actually. Ah, okay. Yeah, I let me have a look. I can probably find this for you. So it's. Do you remember that also? Um, I found out that I, I, I'm born. I'm okay. In one week is my birthday. In on the first of March, and uh, the, the the voice of Palestine in Cairo was first transmitting in exile in um, on the first of March, and uh, so it was a very special uh, <laughs> <laughs> reference for me. So I was like, do you know when this one was born? Maybe on the first of March. You know? No, I wish. Okay. Actually, I found it. It's the seventh of June. Ah, uh, June. So a lesson to that. So what I have for you. Okay, I'm gonna play it. And um, is uh, okay. Uh, so for for the audience to understand what it is about is Aisa Mesaoudi, who was a journalist and also the Algerians on the Algerian territory during the Algerian uh, revolution for independence, they were hearing his voice. So on, uh, in 1994, he is um, saying goodbye during the farewell brought in the last broadcast of the Voice of Palestine in Algiers in August uh, uh, 94. So I play it for you, uh, Rachel. 
أما السيد عيسى مسعودي المدير الأول للإذاعة الجزائرية فقد تناول كلمته قائلا أيها الإخوة الأعزاء أعضاء وفد فلسطين الفقير يعز علينا أن نفارقكم أو أن تفارقونا ولكنها سنه اليوم اخر تسجيل لحصه صوت فلسطين من قلب الجزائر جزائر الثوره جزائر اول نوفمبر الخالد المجيد لن اخطب فيكم او احاضر ولكنها ذكريات ومواقف وخواطر إن علاقة الجزائر بفلسطين لا يعود تاريخها إلى أول نوفمبر 54 أو 5 جويليا 62 ولا إلى فاتح جانفي 64 أو 15 نوفمبر 88 ولكن تاريخها يعود على الأقل إلى سنة 1948 عندما التحق بعض آبائنا بالأراضي الشهيدة متطوعين راجلين وحتى طلب الجزائريون في تونس والمغرب So uh, I can send it to you, uh, uh, but uh, I didn't really know where to stop. But there were a lot of numbers. <laughs> and then I found another thing in the FBIS archive, which is the Palestinian raid, like uh, the last speech of Yasser Arafat that send a message that was broadcasting by the voice of uh, Palestine uh, in Algiers and is the last during the last broadcast also. And it, it says, brothers, we greet you from the voice of Palestine, the voice of the Palestinian revolution and begin our last transmission with a special program beginning with the Palestinian national anthem. And it says that The, the, the person who translates says Palestinian national anthem. Brothers, our great, a great poet, Mahmoud Darwish, says, says in one of his poems, a greeting and a kiss. I have nothing else to say. Where can I be begin and where can I end? Indeed, we, um, indeed, where will we begin? Today, 7th August 1994, the curtain falls on the voice of Palestine's revolutions transmission from the pleasant uh, land of Algeria. So it stopped. We know thanks to this document that it stopped on the 7th of August. That's why I was asking you if you knew the date of the Palestinian national uh, uh, radio on the Palestinian uh, land. So I guess, what do, uh, should we um, end with... Uh, Uh, I think it's a uh, very hopeful and yeah. a nice uh, note, a greeting and a kiss. A greeting and a kiss. As uh, Mahmoud Darwish. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so everyone for listening. We say goodbye. Um, yeah, <laughs> and for having us um, 
Francesca, Leila, Livia, um, we really appreciate it. Yes, we could last, uh, I mean, we can uh, hijack and, uh, no, I mean, pirate this way, <laughs> this stream and, uh, and uh, go on forever. We have uh, yeah, more. Radio consciousness. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> yes, Lena, thank you. Thank you, Rachel. So we continue from there. Definitely. And uh, it was really nice. Thank you uh, for sharing uh, your fantastic uh, archive, actually, very generous. And also, to, uh, yes, amazing. No, thank you. Really well done for the work. I'm so uh, impressed by uh, And the podcast is fantastic. And there's still uh, so much to say about. Uh, about this work being a podcast, actually, and the crafting of it as well, doing radio as a portable, becoming a portable radio, right? As a podcast, it <laughs> yeah, still exactly. it goes on. We're still figuring it out. I will post um, links to these in the captions in case people want to hear. And you too, um, yes, Mina, you should post links where people can listen to you perform or see performances. Yes, I mean, uh, the performance, uh, there's no, you have to be there, or be, you know, like you have, have you to... did a podcast recently. No? no, I didn't do it's not a, I perform actually it's an anti podcast I perform live for it was difficult to make people understand that it was only one like radio, you have, yes, to you have to be there, you know, <laughs> you want guys the phone, it was the canal. Uh, uh, Centre Pompidou in Brussels, they want to have a radio, you have to do the radio. And uh, I was doing the radio, so no podcast. But, but for, French, for French listeners, maybe you can uh, leave the link of the conversation you made with uh, ah, Radio yes, Grenouille. Uh, should that, but I, I will send it for the podcast. Uh, or do you want me to put it now? Uh, I don't know, as Rachel was uh, sharing some, uh, some links uh, yes. related to Radio Earthold. And this conversation will be um, available as a podcast through the platform of 154 and also through Ladiesweet website uh, soon. So you can and listen we, to it again and again. And we will have all the credits and, uh, and also yeah, the and links to watch the videos and stuff. So, yes, you're right. I could do that. And I, I will also. Uh, add uh, some, uh, I mean, radio or podcast from Algeria, more podcast uh, uh, to the links so people can listen. And some are in Arabic, so, um, so it's great. So yes, or French. So this was, I just posted the, the podcast. So- Well, we, thanks a lot. Okay. It was really great. Thank you, Francesca. Thank you, everyone, for staying here. Thanks to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, our next uh, event and conversation is going to be on Friday. So you can follow, uh, have a look at the program on our websites and uh, register if you're interested in, in it. Ah, and there's the link to uh, the radio... Uh, in Palestine, in, in the Alara, what is called Radio Radio, Radio Alara? No, but yeah, Radio yes. Alara. You can yes, if, if Alara. Don't know. So if you go right now, there's Jonami uh, who's uh, playing the <laughs> is jamming. So we'll see that. <laughs> in the UK, I 
think. So, yes, our last uh, resident uh, artist in Algiers, actually, with Aria in, uh, was Joe. So, so I'm, I'm moving there now. <laughs> okay, me too. Uh, it was in Marrakech okay. exactly one year ago. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Voila. Bye. Bye, well, everyone. Have a good Bye, Ali. evening. Bye, Khaled. Bye. Who else is there? Vicky <laughs> Bye, Juna, Ilaria.